You're listening to the Folklore Forum, your place to discuss folk and fairy tales. Hello, welcome to the Folklore Forum. In this episode, I'm joined again by my good friend, Thordis Edda Gudjon's daughter. Thordis Edda is a librarian, teacher, and folklorist in Kopavogur, Iceland. Tis the Christmas season, and we're discussing the Yule Lads of Iceland, or Jólasveinar, and their parents, Grilla and Lepaludi, and their ferocious pet, the Christmas Cat. While these topics may sound light and cheery, we do dig into their darker, more terrifying origins. In the 1700s, parents were banned from telling these tales of these creatures because it was considered too scary and cruel for children. So if you happen to be listening with younger ones, you may want to skip this episode so as not to spoil the magic. But if you're ready to escape into the realm of folklore and fairy tales, then come on in. The forum is now open. So today we're going to talk about the Yule Lads, or the Yolasveiner, and Edda is going to share with us a little bit about the origins and just some starter introduction information about them, and then we'll dive into each one and what they do and what they're called. When talking about the Jólasveinar, I think I have to talk about the other Christmas creatures we have. So, well, actually, I believe that most, if not all, country countries have a Christmas creature. Some of them are nice, others are naughty, and that's what we have. We have a few Christmas creatures, and all of them are naughty or scary basically so we have so this is the creatures that come around christmas uh, greeland lepanode they are um, the parents of the yulilats yolasveinar and then we have yola katrin which is the christmas cat the giant cat that is also scary and like the Yule, the Yule lads and Grilla and Lepaludi, they are basically, at least the origin of them is that they are all trolls. Mm. And for Grilla, we have, let's say, uh, we have a record of Grilla dating back to the 13th century. I think she's mentioned in Sturlunga saga, which is one of our, uh, um, one of our sagas. And there she's described as a monster with 15 tails. So a lot of the descriptions you see of Grilla throughout the years is that uh, you wouldn't want to meet her because she's really scary, (laughs) scary looking. And then we have in the 17th and 18th centuries, we have more written records of Grilla. Um, specifically in poems, but there in those poems she's said to go between farms, kidnap- kidnapping all bad-behaving kids. So what she would do is that, yeah, she would go from one farm to another, and if she found a kid that had been, you know, behaving badly, either around Christmas or even before that, she would grab the kid, grab the child, put it in her uh, bag, and take it back home to her uh, to her cave, <laughs> cook it, and eat it. <laughs> oh, wow. So I, I think that Grilla worked well for disciplining kids back in the days. And actually, I think for centuries, um, many kids have feared Grilla. Mm-hmm. And then we have... Um, Let's say the Yule cat, Yola Catherine, uh, is uh, Grilla's cat. It's black, it's enormous. And he would also go from one farm to another around Christmas time and basically eat the kids that didn't get any new kind of clothing for Christmas. So it would be enough for you to get a new pair of socks or a new pair of, I don't know, mittens or something, then the cat you know, would leave, would leave you alone. And actually, this is, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I think a lot of people 
kind of use this still today mm-hmm. is that they want to get something new for Christmas, like new kind of clothing to wear on Christmas so they won't get eaten by the Yola cutter. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, and that goes for both adults and children. So at least we sometimes use this in our family, basically more for like fun than of a serious matter. And okay, so more of Grilla. Grilla uh, is said that she had three husbands. Oh, um, her first husband was Buster. And according to the legend, uh, Grilla ate him. <laughs> and then her second husband was Wolle, and he died of old. He died of old age. Oh. And according one of, according to uh, one of the legends, they have they had many children. I think I counted about fifty names for. You oh know, wow. Their children, yeah, fifty five zero. <laughs> so that's a lot of kids. Yeah. And then her last husband is the one that we know today, Lehpolude. Lehpolude is described to be very, very lazy, and I don't think he left the cave of the, their home much. Hmm. Just waited for Grilla to bring home the, the treat, <laughs> the treat, the kids, the kids. Yeah. And according to one story, uh, it says that Grilla and Lapalode had 20 children. And we know 13 of them today. Yeah, the 13 Yule lads or the Yola Swinner. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. So those and, 13 went into the family business. The rest, we don't sorry? know what happened to them. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> And so, a poem from the 17th century describes the Yule lads, as I said, as I mentioned before, as trolls. Both are like the Yule lads and Greenland, Lapalode, they are, you know, said to be trolls and were feared by children. And, um, and they would be, and that they are described. They are also described as very dangerous to children, just the same as Grilla and Yola Catherine. So I would say that these are our uh, Christmas creatures, and as you can as you can hear, they are none of them are good originally, but things have changed today. They they've become soft, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I like that soft. <laughs> yes, they're. I don't know. Maybe they gave up on being mean and uh, stealing things and decided to, uh, you know, do something else instead. Give instead of take. Change, change their ways. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But I, I think that even though we didn't, we don't have uh, like a written record of. Grilla and you know until I think the 17th century I think the idea of those Christmas creatures like the uh, Grilla and Lapoli is much older and it, was, and it was passed down you know from one generation to another just through stories and then later a few centuries later they those things were written down and that that's that's what I believe at least so yeah that makes sense. Yeah. And I think that like throughout the centuries they, they they've had different names. I mean, depending on the areas in Iceland. But I you know, um I read somewhere that around mid 1800s we see a written record of the names like the Yulilat's names like how we know them today. So I think sometime in the, like in the ninth, then like in the when you come into the nineteenth century, the Yulilat stuff being, you know, dangerous as dangerous as they used to be, and they are no longer or the like grillas. They are no longer like cannibals, but they remain mischievous and go around stealing things and usually food. But other than that, they are harmless. I I would say yeah, and I also read about. 
the Yulalats, I thought it was interesting to see that uh, pictures of the Yulalats didn't appear until 1925, mm. I believe. And then in that picture they or the drawing, they were shown as a very dirty and big-nosed lads dressed in some kind of jumpsuit and skin shoes um, with a toque on their head, mm-hmm. staff in their hand, and a bag on their back. Yeah. So that's how, how they're portrayed in that picture. And I also heard somewhere or read that in the 1930s, they their clothing changed. So they started to dress more like the North American Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Would you have like the red suit and the the white beard and mm-hmm. or the red, or maybe not red suit, the red cloak. So that's actually what they look like today. Mm-hmm. Most of the t- most of the times, is that they are wearing red clothes and they have white beard. Yeah, they are, um, looking more like the North American Santa Claus, but they remain like the Icelandic tradition still remains. Like we have, you have the 13 of them and you have their names and the things that they do and, and stuff like that. Now they, instead of stealing your things, they give you things. So we have here in Iceland and around Christmas time, we have like the Christmas dances for kids. Mm-hmm. And usually there's one held uh, in schools just before Christmas break. And then they will, at least maybe two or three or four of them, they show up to those, to those dances and they dance and sing, you know, dance around the Christmas tree and sing with, sing with us some of our Christmas songs. And in the end, they give kids either a bag of candy or usually like an or like a orange or some kind of fruit mm-hmm. so that that's one of the things that they've changed is that they give you instead of take away from you right however a lot of i think some kids today they may might leave you know a candle in their shoe for kertasnike uh, the last one you know they also give them you know a candle to Kertasnikir, which likes candles, or they leave out something, you know, for them, for them as well. And okay. I was, I was saying that I should maybe explain the thing about the shoe. Yeah. So, so the first Yulad arrives on when was it? December twelfth, and the last one on December twenty fourth. And around that, the night before, kids put a shoe or the shoe in the in the window. And so each night, the last one being being on the twenty fourth, uh, each Yule lad leaves something in their shoe. It could be, you know, some kind of, some kind of small gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is nice. Yeah. Is there a and special place you put the shoe? Just in your window. Bedroom mm. window. Yeah. Yeah. Because we don't have chimneys or, or fireplaces like a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of houses in other countries. So right. we put them in the in the window. That makes sense. And you leave the window a little bit open so the the you lad can you know reach his hand inside and put the thing in your shoe. Oh. So. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah, <laughs> and I've heard that. Um, the Yule lads, they visit, you know, Icelandic kids around the world, not mm-hmm. just here in Iceland. Right. If an Icelandic, if a, an Icelandic kid lives in Denmark or Norway, they will go there and, and uh, you know, leave stuff in their shoe. And I also heard that um, descendants of the Icelandic immigrants to North mm-hmm. America, yeah. they even think about them as well. At least I've heard that some of them get a That's treat in their shoe. Yeah. If you put your shoe in the right place and you read the stories, let them know you're coming. They yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, do I just thought of this? Do kids ever write to the 
Gilda's Vayner? Because here you can write a letter to Santa. Sometimes kids write a note and leave it in their shoe. Yeah, okay. And even even sometimes the Eula lad um, writes back, leaves a note. Oh, how nice. As well, yeah. So maybe they leave a note saying like, like asking for something for Christmas or for gift in their shoe and... Uh, or maybe I left you this candle, please take it and stuff like and things like that. And then the Yule lad might write something back and he'll oh, okay, so my brother is coming tomorrow and I'll tell him that um you would like to have and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So maybe one of the the brothers that come you know, after that one might leave it. Yeah. Leave something like that issue. Yeah. Wonderful. So we should probably go through all thirteen of these Yule lads and talk about their names and what they are known for like okay what it is that they did that would have been really scary or dreadful 200 300 mm-hmm. 400 years ago versus how it's kind of cute and prank prankster like today yeah and especially i want to compare the icelandic name for these guys and then mm-hmm. what has become the accepted english version because sometimes it's obvious the connection, and sometimes there just needs to be a little bit more explanation. Okay. Yeah. And I'll do my best to try to explain it <laughs> in English. Well, I think it's more on the English side that needs the explaining, but we'll, yeah, okay. we'll see as we go through. Sure, yeah. um, and you can help me clarify what day they arrived, because I always get mixed up. So, like, Oh, the... God. <laughs> and we can look this up if we need to, but... The first yeah. one comes on the 12th. Is it that night where you check on the 12th morning? You check check on the 12th morning. So you will put your shoe in the window on the night of the 11th. Okay. And in the morning on the 12th, uh, that's the night when the first one arrives. Mm-hmm. And the first one is Stekestos. Yes. <clears throat> this is the one that I had to look up for English because... I've seen him called Sheep Warrior, but then most places call him Sheep Coat Clod. And mm-hmm. coat is spelled C-O-T-E. And looking it up in a dictionary, it comes from a Middle English word that means a small shed or house for smaller domestic animals. So something you might put sheep in, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Two, three hundred years ago, the sheep wouldn't have had their own barn, right? They were often underneath your house, like in the basement. Or is that wrong? No, um, sometimes there were. Uh, well, maybe it was more the cows that might have been under the, under the, well, not under, basically. So you would live above. Yeah. Would, would have the, uh, the cows. But I think most common common thing is that the animals were kept in a different house okay. and the sheep sheep would usually often be in on their own sometimes further away from the from from the farm mm, okay so that <clears throat> that makes sense being yeah. and this guy would come and steal sheep's milk or scare yeah. the sheep steal sheep's milk yeah. He he would leave uh, because the uh, the the woman would come and milk I don't know milk the sheep mm-hmm. not milk the cow but milk the sheep and he would wait until they would leave and then he would you know help himself to some milk right it basically you know, yeah <laughs> and then number. So, so so he he had a stiff leg, so yes, which which uh, made him you know have a, so he had some hard time working I guess so he mm-hmm. had to use the staff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the maybe is the reason why he went first. That's a good point. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I have I hadn't thought of it that way. But yeah, why not? There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh and then number two. 
Do you want to say it in Icelandic and then I'll say the English? Yeah. Number two is Ginyakush. And in English, they say his name is Gully Gok. Yeah. And I know it's English, but to translate that into terms that I understand, like a, a gully is a, like a ravine for anyone who doesn't yeah. know. And gok can be a noun, and it means like a clumsy person, which yes. I didn't know that before. That that makes that would make sense, yes, because he would hide in ravines or or what, what do you call it, gullies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he would hide there waiting for you know, people to go away, so he would so he could go about his business. And I think I think he stole milk from the cows or something like that yeah yeah either from the cow or from like a bucket of milk that was yeah and just yes yeah yeah so he would wait till the the women would um either have to you know attend to other businesses or something like that and maybe they forgot their bucket or you know this is had to leave for a second and then they would come back and he would use the opportunity to uh, drink the milk or to steal the bucket Maybe. Yeah. All right. Number three. is Number three is Stuver, and he arrives on the 14th of December. Mm-hmm. And the common English name for him is Stubby. Yeah. It implies that he is shorter. Yes. I think he was a very short, very short fellow. So that's why he had got the name Stuver. It's basically is is a a word for a person like a short person, should you say? Yeah, yeah. And I have it that he would linger and wait to when someone was done cooking. If you've ever cooked something in a frying pan and you were left with like a coating on it that you would need mm-hmm. to scrape off later, he would come and take that. Yes. The leftovers that were stuck to the pan. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was his thing. To, uh... Yeah. Which, I don't know if that would be such a bad thing. He's helping you do dishes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> don't mind him. <laughs> yeah. But just kind of creepy knowing there's a troll somewhere in your house waiting to steal. Yeah. yeah. Or hiding in the, you know, Behind the barn, or you know, yeah, behind yeah. something, the next cow waiting for you to uh, to leave. Yeah, yeah. no, thank you. <laughs> and I, I want to once we're done outlining all of them, kind of compound how creepy this would be. Um, yeah, this time. but it's also important as we're going through just to note that almost everywhere in Iceland, as you're approaching Christmas, you don't get much daylight. No, so it's dark outside. Almost all day, all night. So, yeah, there's a lot of shadows. A lot of shadows, yes. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have snow on the ground, it's mm-hmm. just pitch black. Yeah. Out. Well, I mean, not here in the city where you have street lights and and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, but yeah. out in the country, it's dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Okay, number four is Svörusleikir, uh, and he arrives on the 15th. Mm-hmm. And he is known as Spoon Licker, because he licks yeah. spoons. Like I'm yes. assuming the big spoons for cooking, like a yeah. s- or a broth or something, porridge, I'm not sure. Yeah, I, yes, I would think so too. Um but it, it's named Thurus Lake. It is actually, you know, the English name for him is basically a kind of direct translation. You know, yeah. Spoon liquor. He licks yeah. spoons. Yeah. Yeah. So, and again, association with food. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Now the next two are on the very same theme as well. So mm-hmm. number five. Is the uh, Pohtaslekir and he arrives on the 16th. Mm-hmm. And that's like pot scraper or pot liquor? Yes. Pot, pot, I would, 
um, in translation, pot liquor liquor would be better. He's the yeah. one that you know, licks the pot. So he's yeah. a, he's he's another one that does your dishes for you. So yeah, <laughs> but you would definitely want to wash it after that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so he would he would steal leftovers, I believe, from you know from the pots. From the pot, that makes sense. Yeah. So if you thought you were gonna get seconds, you might go and find out that there are none. Exactly. Yeah. Because pot is like it had already licked licked it clean. <laughs> uh, number six is Askas Laker. He arrives on the seventeenth. And this is, he's called Bowl Liquor. And I wanted to spend a moment on this one because I was reading a Smithsonian article. It's like one of the first things that comes up when you put in Icelandic Yule Lads. And they have a little note about this guy will steal your bowls that Icelanders kept under their bed just full of food. And I know that an aus, is it an asta or auska? There's like a special pot or a special it, bowl. It, it's it's a special bowl. It has it, it's a wooden wooden bowl with a yeah. lid. Yeah, yeah. And everyone had their own, right? Yes. Yeah. And the the lid is attached to it basically, so so you lift it up like a like the way you open a door. I mean, it's yeah. uh, attached on it one were, end. It reminds me of those like iconic German mugs. That have like a pop up lid on it. I think it, it was it's something s the thing that they, they drink beer out of. Stein, yeah. It's like a Stein, but a bowl version. In a way, yes, kind of. Yeah, and they would um, people would get their food in those askur, and as you said, each person had their own, and I believe that the askur for. Man was bigger than the one for women and children. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so you would get your food in the Asgur and you would, you know, sit down with your knife mm-hmm. and spoon yeah. and eat it. And so one story says that back back in the day when people were done eating out of their bowl, like their, their Asgur, Mm-hmm. They would put it on the on the floor and have the dogs clean it out, and then they would, you know, just grab it off the floor and put it on their shelf. <laughs> I okay, I've heard that too, and I was wondering if you were going to mention that. I didn't want to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> so you would eat it. Your dog would wash it for you, and yeah. then Bolicker would come and clean it out on Christmas. Yes. This was long before we knew exactly like cleanliness rules and <laughs> yes, and all kind of diseases and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah, well, this we're talking about a long time ago. But that guy, this Yule lad, Askoslaker, it's mm-hmm. a very particular bowl. So it's it's not as if today Icelanders just keep bowls of snacks under their bed. Like that's not. <laughs> no, we don't. No, we don't do that. <laughs> I want to correct that rumor. No. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. No food under our bed. No. <laughs> but okay, that's so the, he's a creepy one then because he'd be lying in wait probably under your bed. Yeah. Yeah. Or hide some hide somewhere in the shadows under the bed kind of sounds. Yeah. You no. Know, it would make sense. Especially if people were like putting their ass down on the on the floor, then he would grab it. Yeah, before the dog. <laughs> yeah, but oftentimes they would uh, people would leave their asper on a shelf above the bed. Yeah, yeah, but you know he might as just as well grab it, mm-hmm. you know, grab them from there. So they are very sneaky. Very sneaky. And so <clears throat> moving on from food for just a moment, <laughs> number seven is Hurðaskellir, uh, and he arrives on the eighteenth. He's. Yeah. A, I don't know. I maybe I can't say quite. He's my favorite, but he. I think he's a bit fun. He's a door slammer. Yes, he slams doors. He slams doors. Yes, especially in the middle of the night and mm-hmm. wake every like wake everyone up. So yeah, yeah. He's uh yeah. Can you can you can you imagine like back in the day? It's pitch black. You are 
half asleep and in the dark, all of a sudden you you hear a door slam. Mm-hmm. I think that would be, you know, quite scary, actually. <laughs> yes, yes. Your mind would jump to a whole bunch of places. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, even though it could just be, you know, your dad going out to relieve himself in the middle of the night and forget to latch the door or something. Exactly. <laughs> or maybe it was windy and the wind kind of, you know, yeah. blew it shut or something. So, and like today, uh, he, the of a scatler, he likes slamming any kind of door. So not necessarily, you know, doors to houses. He could slam, you know, car doors or closet, like yeah. doors closet or your cupboards or something like that as something is the, if there's a door that he can slam he's happy okay <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to go back to food for number eight yeah that's skirgamur and he arrives on the 19th i think this is one of my favorite names in english it's skir gobbler yeah if you've never tried skir it's it's Way more common in North America now in the grocery stores, in the yogurt aisle, but it's so good. <laughs> yeah, I've seen, I can I've seen get it here at almost every grocery store. Oh, really? Wow. Not not the same, like, wonderful varieties. Like, it's usually mm-hmm. vanilla or plain or strawberry. Yeah. Okay. We okay. we yeah. have many varieties of uh, skir. Mm-hmm. So, maybe I should explain skir a little bit. Um sure. I think I read somewhere that skir was cheese. Technically. But in in my opinion, um, I don't associate like skir with cheese. I say it's more like a yogurt type, but mm-hmm. it's, it's thicker. And when it's just plain, it's uh, it's a bit sour. So like when I was a kid, you would, you would be able to buy skir, just a plain skir, and then, you know, once you get home, you would have to add some milk and some sugar to it, you mm-hmm. know, because it was so, it was, a bit, it was a bit, you know, sour taste. But like today, you, you get, I don't know, so many different kinds of skate mm-hmm. with all kinds of flavors, like you have blueberries, you have strawberry, you have vanilla, I think you have some kind of coffee flavor, just, it's a, uh-huh. there's a lot and- of varieties. And dessert flavor, you could get, when I was there, you get short, strawberry shortcake, and they had a creme brulee flavor. It was so yes. good. Yes. <laughs> I missed so, that. So the, now, the skir nowadays is, uh, has a lot more sugar in it than it used to have. Mm-hmm. But it's it's good. It's one, skir is very common here, and I think most people eat it. Of course, not, not people that are... Um, Dairy intolerant, mm-hmm. lactose intolerant. They, they, they of course, right. they, they can't eat it. But yeah. yeah, I even use, I use plain skier like in, as a substitute for sour cream. So like if I'm making a dip, I'll okay. use skier. I'll mix it with mayonnaise and then put in like whatever seasoning. I usually buy like a mix, but if it's like an onion dip mix, I'll put it into plain skier and mayonnaise. It's really good. Interesting. I haven't tried that. <laughs> I would just use sour cream, but yeah. Hmm. But obviously, it has to be plain skier because yes, of course. Want... Otherwise, it would be you know, yeah, too sweet or it has a dip, you know some weird taste to it. Yeah, to the dip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I I identify with skier gobbler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of us do actually. Yeah. Oh, so he would go around and steal skate from people's... Uh, Which would be devastating. <laughs> it's so good. I know. I know. Ne- number nine. Mjöpnakrækir. He, arrive- he arrives on the 20th. Mm-hmm. This is sausage swiper? Yes. He steals the sausages? Yeah, that's what he does. He steals sausages. And yeah. people would hang like sausages and stuff like that in the up in the raft I think you call it like a below the roof mm-hmm, the so, rafters. yes so that's where he would steal it from yeah I guess and I think thinking about this even with the steer like 
you had to make your own skewer. You had to make your own sausages. And those yeah. take time. And if you're saving mm-hmm. them for Christmas and a troll comes and steals them, like that's, you can't just go to the store and buy more. No. And you just can't make it overnight. At no. least not, not if you want to have it like done correctly, I believe. Yeah. So. It takes time. It takes time. So we're on number 10. Number 10 is Gluggagayer, and he arrives on the 21st. Yes. Glugga, window, and yes. peep, window peeper. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he would do. He would, uh, you know, sneak around, sneak around the house and look, in your, look into your window. Mm-hmm. So would he, he saw... would he ever come in, do you know? Like, would he peep in and come steal stuff or just stay outside? I think he mostly just stayed outside looking, you know, through the window. Yeah, so if you saw a face, Ooh. it could either be as if it was around Christmas, then it's especially that night. It would probably it would most likely be Glukagayer, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. other times it could be tro- a troll or a ghost or right. something like that. Yeah, or your creepy neighbor. <laughs> yes, your creepy neighbor. <laughs> so that's usually what they did, like back in the day, if if. Um, um, person would come for a visit or something and they would you know come up to the window and they would say here is god mm. which means that because um like the trolls and the ghosts they can't say the word god right. or any name that has god in it like Guð in icelandic mm-hmm. so by saying this like here is Guð, which means here is god yeah. you are showing that you are a real person and nothing to fear yeah so the uh, people on the farm like the people inside they would know that it's safe for that person to come inside so they would open the door for them oh it's really interesting yeah so um those like ghosts and trolls and they can't say good so we have we have a few few names in Icelandic, both for women and men, that begins with Guð. Mm-hmm. Like you have Guðrún, you have Guðjón, Guðmundur. All starts with the word Guð, which means God. Mm-hmm. So they can say that. So they would change the name, like they would change Guðrún to Garún. Oh. So that's, a, that's a different story. That's a different ghost okay. story. <laughs> okay. So, um, like, Guðjón would be like the good John or godly John. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I will have to hear that one another time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll gladly tell you. Yeah. Okay. okay so the, so- the next one's, I mean, I'm counting them down like the 13, but so number 11 is. The number 11 is Gáttafefur and he arrives on the 20 22nd okay and i have down for the english is door sniffer that's true yeah um that's what he would do he would um stick his nose basically everywhere he could and smell he had big nose and a very good like an acute sense of of uh, smell Mm -hmm. so that's what he would do he would uh, Basically, stick his nose inside out everywhere and sniff to see if he could, you know, find food. Mm. Yeah. Useful. <laughs> Very useful. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have, we're almost at the end, number 12. Number 12 is Kiet Krogur. He would arrive on the 23rd, which is the day before Christmas out here in Iceland. Yes. And uh, on Thorlok's Mesa, which is another name for the December 23rd. Anyway. <laughs> and this sort of English, they just call him Meat Hook. Yeah. And he would. That steal. makes sense. Kiet is another word, like for kiet, which means meat. Mm-hmm. 
So that's what he would do. He, uh, same as his brother, he would go, you know, steal the uh, the sausages. He mm -hmm. kind of had a hook that he would use. And the same with Kit Kroger. So he would go around stealing Hauntajit, mm -hmm. the, the smoked lamb. When people were, um, uh, how should I say it? Making it into hunkyut, they would hang it up in the in the rafters as well. Mm -hmm. And so, if I remember correctly, Kit Crooker had a long hook that he would stick down the kind of small chimney and you know swipe up a, a big thigh of lamb, like mm -hmm. yeah, hunky hunky kit that yeah. had been hanging there for a while. You know, smoking to get mm -hmm. the smoking taste to it yeah and that would that would stealing that would be like stealing your turkey for your christmas dinner like it's a big exactly deal. it's a big deal because that's what people you know ate that was your feast that, yes exactly yeah and you didn't want some trolls coming and steal steal it from you no <laughs> no no and the last one number 13 the last yeah that's kerta sneaker and he arrives on the 24th mm -hmm. he's candle swiper or candle beggar i've also seen candle stealer candle stealer yeah which is basically what he does he goes around stealing candles <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah so like back in the day um each person in a household would get a homemade candle, mm -hmm. you know, for Christmas, to use on Christmas. So made out of fat, basically. Yeah. So Kerta Sneaker would, you know, you know, follow children around, hoping to be able to steal their candles. And, and because back in the day, you actually could eat it. Like it was safe to eat. The candles were safe to eat. So, oh. so he would steal them and eat them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I didn't know that's why he wanted them, but that makes sense. Yeah. So basically, kerta sneaker, the word means, uh, I think I would say a direct translation would be candle beggar. Mm -hmm. Someone is begging for candles, yeah. but what he does is actually steals them. And eats them so yeah and eats them yeah, yeah. i think yeah but it I would be it would be way more valuable to have a candle for light than yes for a person yeah yeah because it's so dark and yeah there was no electricity <laughs> exactly so getting a candle uh getting candle for christmas was a big thing mm -hmm. i believe yeah yeah, you don't want some trolls stealing stealing your candles. No. Okay, and so here's the question I have, and it came to me as we were talking, so I don't know if you know the answer, but they all come one by one on a day leading up to yeah. Christmas, and they all go home one by one on the yes. nights following Christmas. Yeah. So if, well, number one, if she, if Stekistor comes first, is he there the whole time causing chaos or does he only get one night? Like oh, on the last a... night, could they all be around causing mischief or do they have to take turns? I think it's usually just the night that he's there. Yeah. Like, on his night, but I'm not 100% sure. But so on the 24th, when they have all arrived, they are yeah. all there. Like, yeah. They're all in the, you know, amongst people basically. But yeah. Somehow I think they only do the the pranks or the stealing on their specific night when they right. arrive. But I might be wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, they could just be the ones that steal the food or sitting there going through their hall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So at, and as I said, Stackester is the first one. So he's the first one to leave as well. So on December 25th, Mm -hmm. he goes home and then one by one until the last one leaves on the the 13th day of christmas which is january 6th so that's the 
So they are around for some time. Yeah. <laughs> and again, living 200 years ago, 300 years ago or more, like this is this is enough to make any kid fall in line and not be too uh, impatient or causing trouble before Christmas because you don't want to get kidnapped by Grilla. You want to no. have your clothes ready so that the cat doesn't eat you. And yeah. everyone's on high alert that nothing gets swiped or stolen or... Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I can so, imagine that the Christmas celebration then would be them that much more like joyous because you're like we've made it through all of these nights mm -hmm. and nothing's happened and yeah. now we're safe now we can just <laughs> enjoy, enjoy our <laughs> enjoy Christmas and enjoy our things exactly yeah exactly and as you you probably noticed that a lot of them are associated with food yes like they come and steal food so I can you imagine like Back in the day, everything is pitch black and maybe a hard winter and you have hardly anything to eat mm -hmm. for your for your family. And then some trolls, you know, come trolling and stealing your food. I mean, yeah. I think that's probably the worst thing that people could imagine is that, you know, not having enough food mm -hmm. for your family. And even the same thing, like, of course, like the sh um, the livestock doesn't eat, well, their food is hay and stuff like that. So if you've had a bad year, then that's another fear that farmers have is not having enough hay to feed your livestock. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think that's, that's a big fear back in the days, the scarcity is that not, ha not having enough. Yeah not having, having enough food and then on the day when you do get to eat it all well not you know have your feast you're going to be grateful even if you have a smaller amount than the year before if it wasn't stolen by trolls exactly it was the worst <laughs> yes um, yeah but today today is a very different story it is it's a different story as i, as I mentioned they nowadays they don't go around stealing stuff they give kids mm -hmm. stuff they give you can them actually stuff. meet them right like there's sometimes they come to town and kids can meet them do they come yes. to the store in some places like not on the sometimes, night they're doing their activities but they'll come and socialize sometimes they do yeah and often if you have like a christmas dance with with uh for kids then they will show up and you know yeah. dance around, like dance around the tree Christmas tree with you and singing and all all kinds of events that take place during the time you know the Christmas season either before Christmas or after Christmas basically during the timeline 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 from mm -hmm. the day they arrive until the day they leave they show up on you know different kinds of events to uh, have fun sing dance and basically have fun yeah that's nice that's nice yeah that's very nice yeah you just have to use your imagination <laughs> a little bit, you know thinking about how things were back in the day and how you must have felt like having someone as i said steal your food peeping at your window or slamming the doors in the middle of the night <laughs> mm -hmm. very scary stuff i would say at least i would be terrified yeah but, so yeah, it's, it's important to know where that those like origins come from because if you just hear about them today, it can sound kind of silly and funny, and you think, "Oh, it's uh, those quirky Icelanders." But yeah, there's that with a thirteen yola Sveinar and and a, and a big cat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that's the origin of it. So none of them were originally. None of them were nice. Mm-hmm. Originally, originally they were all to be feared mm -hmm. and actually quite terrifying, but things have changed. Mm -hmm. And as long as you get something, a new kind of clothing for Christmas, either a new pair of socks or whatever, then the cat won't eat you. You're safe. You're safe. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Save from the cat. <laughs> good. Well, yeah. thank you so much, Edda, for explaining all this, the history part and the differences between then and now. And it's been it's been fun going through them with you. Yes. Thank you for having me again. It, I This is fun. I really like talking about things like this. So thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. And you're going to be back soon because we're going to record another one for Christmas. Fingers crossed. Yeah. About uh, a really interesting and spooky Christmas folktale. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to leave My it at that. It'll be a teaser. Yes. <laughs> leave it there. That concludes the episode on the Yola's Vener or Icelandic Yule Lads. I hope that even if you are familiar with this tradition that you learned something new. In the next episode, Thordis Edda joins me again to discuss the haunted Christmas tale, The Deacon of Dark River, and another spooky folktale associated with Christmas Eve. You don't want to miss it. New episodes of the Folklore Forum are released every other Friday on the website, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and most places where you find podcasts. Thank you for listening, and until next time, I'm Natalie Gatormson, and this has been the Folklore Forum. Do you want more folklore in your life? Join our free Folklore Fridays membership where you'll receive extra insight into folklore and history, notifications of new podcast episodes, first access to new worksheets, blog posts, and resources, and exclusive short stories written by me, Natalie Gatormson. Plus, it's your chance to share your comments and ideas that help shape future episodes of the podcast. Join Folklore Fridays by visiting www.folkloreforum.org forward slash Fridays.